Welcome back to the Flyover Show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Joe Wheel. It is a live Saturday, December 17th. Very special episode. Happy holidays. The holidays have started early. If you are a football connoisseur, such as us fine gentlemen, the Minnesota Vikings just, just minutes ago pulled off the greatest, the largest comeback in NFL history on a Saturday. We were lucky enough to be there. We were lucky enough to watch it. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about a lot more, a lot of NFL. We're going to talk about the number one commit in college football for the 2024 class decommitting from the Ohio State University, just uh, predicted to be going to Nebraska. One view, uh, one fella just predicted that. Um, bowl games have started. Jackson, Jackson State uh, dropped one in the final minutes of that game. That game was incredible. Lots of incredible bowl games, lots of NFL football to talk about we're talking about mvps we're going to talk about all that and a hell of a lot more i am being joined virtually by mr scott wyman who unfortunately was hit with the fauci flu scott how are you doing are you going to survive are you going to make it how are you how are you doing i felt like death for like three days it was really bad uh so i got covid last year and i lost my taste and smell that was sort of my only um Symptom that I had, I don't know if you remember, but I sent that video of me chugging lime juice. Mm-hmm. This would have been, this would have really been a really good pod. I, I'm starting to really lose my taste again. Uh, I've actually bought these. I don't know if you can see. Trident Sour, Sour Patch, Patch Kids gum because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, one of the only things I can taste right now. This and like Rotel tomatoes is all I can do. Um, but this would have been a really good week for the Dolphins to have made the playoffs, and I could have done that one chip while I can't taste anything. Yeah, I don't know if spice still affects you when you can't taste. But they they have a huge game this weekend too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do. Believe me, um, I've been watching. I've been. He's been keeping a close eye on it. Okay, we cannot talk anymore until we talk about the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Minnesota Vikings in one of the all-time performances by both teams for many different reasons. In a game where the Vikings had to overcome a 33 to nothing halftime deficit, the Vikings started with a blocked punt touchdown, a fumble, a turnover on downs, turnover on downs, punt, pick six, punt, kneel to halftime. They were getting slaughtered. JoJo Doman scores a touchdown. Shout out to JoJo Doman, as he kept being called in the broadcast. It was an absolute ass kicking 33 to nothing at halftime. And I'm always this way. If there's like, if it's humanly possible for a team to win a game, I think it's possible. And when the Vikings scored a touchdown, I was like, oh, they might be able to do this. And that's partially because the Vikings are explosive. They have playmakers. They can do a lot of things, but also because the Colts are coached by a coach with no experience. Uh, I did not. I thought if the Vikings got within like two scores, the Colts were really going to panic and the Colts didn't really, the Vikings kind of got screwed on multiple calls too. They had two fumble six sixes return for a touchdown. One of which they didn't even get the ball after a review, the ball stayed with the uh, Colts. And then the other one, they just got the ball. didn't get the touchdown. So, and they didn't, you know, they didn't score there and they still won 36 to 39 in overtime on a Saturday, first time uh, coach named Saturday as coached on Saturday, by the way. That was a crazy stat flying around out there. But this is one for the all-time record books. Freezing cold takes, I'm sure, is having an absolute day today. I'm sure Vikings fans are having an absolute day. I have a, We have a friend who's in Minnesota right now. Shout out to Bunce. Uh, 
he was he's at the Mall of America. So he had some people sit down right next to him. They left the game at halftime and they were uh, yeah, they, they were talking. They were pissed because this was like in the fourth quarter down one score. Um, Scott, who who is this more on? Is this on the Vikings ability to make plays or is this on the Colts just being shitbirds and Jeff Saturday being a dumb bozo? Uh, I think this all comes down to uh, Kirk Cousins and the duality of being the only Saturday game, like, you know, playing in the one o'clock hour and that being a, uh, the new nightmare, you know, not a primetime game. However, being the only game on TV. So sort of the duality in his brain of, is this primetime? Is this not primetime? And I suppose, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, you had the tail of two halves with it. Um, I guess at the end of the day, we decided this was not a primetime game. Therefore, the Vikings came back and won this game. Kirk had what? Four touchdowns? Kirk Cousins had had four touchdowns. Let me look it up. He had 460 yards. Dalvin Cook fumbled, uh, made up for it in a couple huge plays. K.J. Osborne went off. He had 157 yards and a touchdown. K.J. Osborne caught a touchdown. Justin Jefferson caught a touchdown. Dalvin Cook caught a touchdown. Adam Thielen caught a touchdown. With the Colts, I mean, how many points did they score on offense? They scored one touchdown on off, two one touchdowns, touchdown. one touchdown, on one offense. touchdown on offense. And they kicked yeah. multiple field yeah. goals. They were, I mean, they were moving the ball pretty well in the first quarter or first half. Yeah. And then just yeah. all of a sudden, and this Minnesota Vikings defense has been terrible lately. Like absolutely horrendous. Hilariously bad. Hilariously, Hilariously bad. bad. You know, you're have a good chance to, uh, for a crazy comeback when you're going down because of insane things like block punts, uh, fumbles in big moments. And the Colts literally, I mean, the Colts score more than three points in the second half of that game. They win. And they couldn't do it with yeah. Mr. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Do you think if they had Jonathan Taylor, they won this game? I'm not sure. I mean, Jonathan Taylor struggled a little bit this year. I mean, I think he's still one of the most talented yeah, guys in the league. The whole offensive line has struggled. That's a really good point. Jonathan Taylor went down almost immediately in that game. Like he went yeah. down and he just did not come back. Is my fucking camera off again? Did he even register a carry? Uh, I don't think so. I really don't think he did. Um, yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan, like Matt Ryan didn't make these huge mistakes or anything like that. Like I thought he played, you know, okay. That, that O-line was starting to get to slaughter near the end of that. Um, but what did you think about Justin Jefferson in this game? Did you think this was just, because anytime Justin Jefferson's on the field, even if another receiver is, uh, getting the ball, it kind of just feels like it's all because of Justin Jefferson. Like, because their focus is so much on him, and it has to be that it just kind of turns out to be, you know, like you're getting it because of him. Jesus Christ. Yeah, is- yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely an element to that. Um, also, just the Colts are are very disorganized at the moment and the Vikings have a good offense overall and a uh-huh. good, you know, good offensive head coach. And then Kirk Cousins is probably like a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. What would you say? Kirk? You have yeah, to, you, you have, have to Adam give, Thielen. Don't, don't forget about Adam Thielen. They have, I mean, this was a huge coming out for KJ Osborne. They had Nelson or uh, what's his name? Who did they draft over Justin Jefferson or the Eagles draft? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager had a huge punt return that was called back uh, because of a face mask. Like, I don't know if just off the top of my head, I feel like the Vikings didn't get a single call that went their way. It seemed like every single call was going against the Vikings too. 
Like, I don't want to say it was like Vikings versus the Colts and refs type of thing, but it seemed like everything was just going their way, going against them. And they still found a way to get it done. And you have to give the Vikings. I forgot they had TJ Hawkinson too. Yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he caught one of those touchdowns. No, he didn't, I guess. CJ no, Ham. No, he had a couple. Yeah, they they targeted him pretty far downfield to attend it. Um, suppose they don't use him more in the red zone. Um, yeah, I mean the Vikings are loaded on offense. They've got a ton of guys, kind of like the um, 49ers. Just I don't know. I mean, the point differential, uh, which we talked about quite a bit this week. You know, it's it's still not positive. <laughs> it's back to zero. So Vikings continue to play exactly to the level of their competition. Um, I don't know. Do they win a playoff game, Joe? Maybe because they might end up playing like the Commanders or something like that. But does any Vikings fan, does any does any NFL fan or Vikings fan think this team think this team is winning a Super Bowl with this defense? I think this team's certainly winning a playoff game. I don't know if this game is going to be seen as like a legitimate. Hey, look! Now you have to give serious credit to this team for winning this game. Coming out right, thirty-three right. to nothing, the gr- the largest comeback deficit of all time, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Jesus Christ, poor Matt Ryan. But you know that aside, I do think this team is dangerous in the playoffs. I'm not sure they can win a Super Bowl, uh, giving up thirty-three points and a half. Now, did bow up? It seems like when a team plays the Colts, nothing matters. Like the Eagles barely beat them. The Colts beat the Chiefs. They were up thirty-three to nothing on the Vikings. Like the Colts have a solid defense. They just are one of those that they're a, like a solid NFL team that finds ways to lose for the most part. Um, yeah. And even like against the Chiefs, they were going to lose that game, except for that Chris Jones penalty where he was like, he, he said something to Matt Ryan and they threw a flag that extended the drive when they probably lose that game. Um, I mean, you can, uh, I, it's awesome that the Vikings won. And this is incredible just for a lot of reasons. Um, especially since Frank Reich owned, quarterbacked the greatest comeback in NFL history up to this point with as quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, the like 32 point comeback or whatever. And now when he gets fired, the team that he was coaching gives up the greatest comeback in NFL history. Uh, a little bit of a curse there. But ultimately, I mean, Matt Ryan, obviously the thing most people think about when they think of Matt Ryan, think of 28 to three. They think of that Super Bowl, uh, you know, against the Patriots where they did dastardly things to him. And now all of a sudden he's the quarterback of the team that gave up the largest comeback in NFL history (laughs) in a year where Matt Ryan probably could have retired. I mean, there was like a heartwarming uh, little quote I heard about Matt Ryan this morning. Uh, I forget who said it, but, you know, everyone kind of knows Matt Ryan may be done. You know, he's kind of just playing for his career at this point. But someone someone like reported this quote from him that was like, man, I know I'm, you know, on the last, I'm in the back nine, but if you had told me, you know, a little kid from wherever Matt Ryan's from, you know, still playing football at 37 years old, I would have told you that would be insane. Like that would be everything I could have possibly believed in. It's such a heartwarming story. Uh, No one hates Matt Ryan. It's, (laughs) it is very tough to see Matt Ryan get dumpstered like this. I mean, there's going to be uh, what is it? 33 to nothing. Isn't it? He's going to see that forever now, you know, 28 to three, 33 to nothing. Um, it's not, it's not pretty for Matt Ryan right now. And in yeah, a year where he I mean, could have wrote I don't off, think this is on Matt Ryan. I don't think Matt Ryan. No, I mean, I don't think the 28 to three was on Matt Ryan either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't. He still played well. 
towards the end of that game. Um, maybe the sack fumble, but it's still the play call. You're going to do that. That is, that is unfortunate. It's just, um, you know, that's going to be his legacy is 28 to three and then 33 to zero. The NFL is just going to accomplish anything. That's going to erase those two things. Unless they win the Super Bowl this year, which I'm sure they're officially eliminated at this point. Because what three games left? That would yeah, they get to seven wins. I mean, theoretically, could win. No, I think they're technically eliminated. Or full, they're definitely eliminated. The Colts Colts are not out. The Colts are not out of the playoffs at this point because they have that tie. Remember? Is it because of the AFC South? We're going to talk about the Titans uh, later because the tight the Jags now could potentially win that division. They're only two games behind the Texans. Uh, which is just yeah. insane to talk about. But you have to give a ton of credit to Kirk Cousins. You know, they came out, they didn't do anything yeah. on offense in that first half. And I mean, I read it off. They had, they didn't have like a, f- they had like their third or fourth first down in like the third quarter. Like they got like 60, 70 yards in the first half. They were getting pummeled on offense. And to come out, in the new nightmare to put on a showcase like that. Dalvin Cook to recover from the fumble like that. K.J. Osborne to put on for his teammates. Justin Jefferson to do what Justin Jefferson does best. Was still able to gritty. I thought it was interesting to see him gritty at where they were at. Because when they score their first touchdown, can't celebrate. You're down 33-7. to And then Colts score a field goal, 36-7. Then you get a touchdown, still can't really celebrate. It's 33-14. And then Justin Jefferson, I think, puts him at 21. Then you can sort of celebrate because you're in the third quarter. And that's what, I think that's when he did the gritty. So I was kind of okay with it. I thought you were like close enough where you got a ton of momentum. And also you have like a signature yeah, thing. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's exactly right. I don't think you could have gritted a second before there. So kudos, kudos <laughs> to Justin Jefferson. Great gritty selection, pal. His, his, his gritty meter, yeah. As always. He, hey, go he ahead and hit that like it. button. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, but like... I do wish the Colts had won just because JoJo Doman scored his touchdown. That was sweet to see him score a touchdown. Did you see that? Yeah, shout out. I did. Yeah, uh, I, I saw the replay. Shout, shout out. What do they call him? Doman. 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 So the Colts' offense, um, it's being called by Parks Frazier, the like thirty-year-old. Especially when late in that game when it mattered the most, it felt like they were calling the most obvious plays humanly possible. Like they just wouldn't get credit. It was like run, run, pass, or run, pass, run. It just every time. And like they got a couple first downs at some point, got a field goal, but it just ultimately that seemed to be what killed them. Like I didn't feel like the Colts on offense. I mean, obviously they had trouble protecting Matt Ryan, but it didn't seem like they yeah. were executing too horribly or anything. It's just the play calling just seems so predictable that like they were just, you know, that the Vikings defense at that point was just shooting fish in a barrel. And you have to give a ton of credit to them too, for basically shutting out uh, the Colts in the second half and uh, overtime. I do want to ask you, did you watch the, like in real time, the end of that game? Yeah. So the Vikings get into Colts territory in overtime in the first possession Mm -hmm. And they're in field goal range. Technically, it's a it's tight, and they punt it. What did you think of that? Um. Well, so if you miss the field goal, the Colts would have gotten the ball at what the forty. It was something like it would have been like between forty and fifty. Yeah, 
We're in great yeah. field position for them. And if you had kicked the field goal, you don't win the game either. Yeah. So if you so if you'd gotten the field goal, you don't you also don't win the game. And it was fourth and what? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It was pretty long. It was not short. It was at least, it was like right. at least eight, nine yards. Suppose it just depends on how much you trust your kicker. So I don't hate it just because the NFL rules are bizarre. If this is like I probably wouldn't have done it, but I don't hate it as much as probably you thought I was going to. Yeah, I liked um, it. I thought it was the right call. I think that was the way to go. And obviously, hindsight, they won the game. With how, right, with how poor the Colts offense had been playing to that point. So the Vikings, with the game-winning field goal, got within like a yard of that little field goal range thing that they put on the field. Um, yeah. And they still ran a couple plays. They clearly wanted to be well within that range. I don't think they trust Greg Joseph's from like long, long range. I think they wanted to be inside 50. Um, and he ended up kicking a pretty, it was kind of a cheap, not chip shot, but it was like a 35 year, very makeable was where they got him to. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially an extra point. Right. All right. So you claimed Vikings are frauds. Do you still feel like the Vikings are frauds or are you, where are you at on that? Um, yeah, no, I think they are frauds. I, I would give them 0% chance of winning the Super Bowl. That didn't, that didn't get you in. They're just as frauds. They're as much frauds as the Steelers were from three years ago. The 2019 Steelers and the. Uh, yeah, but the Steelers, the Steelers never responded. They lost one game and then they lost all of them. Vikings lost the game. Yeah. Lost another game. And then they respond. And then they were down 33, nothing at halftime. They come back. They beat them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> against like. Doing my best Vikings fans. Packed it in. You know, they still had to fall down 33 points to zero. That's, it, it, you know, almost an undoable feat in the NFL. This is, you know, it may be the weirdest game ever. You know, but still, uh, still the Vikings are proud. Yeah. That doesn't change in my mind. Oh, I don't know. That's that's enough of a, I'm a more, I'm a more emotional person. When, you're more analytical about football than I am. When I see that, I love stories. And that story was awesome. And I, I don't, I'm not going to pick, I'm not going to pick the Vikings to win. The championship DVD. Yeah, I'm not gonna start. I'm not gonna pick the Vikings to win the Super Bowl, um, but I think when you we can win a game like that, I think it makes your team better. Um, when you can like, and the Vikings have been kind of doing that all year, but to do something like that, I think it gives you a lot of confidence, um, and that matters a lot in the playoffs. When you're down, knowing you can come back and win a game matters a lot. I love the Vikings, um, sure. especially. I think also with a rookie head coach is kind of tough. I would love to have heard the speech that Kevin O'Connell gave in the locker room. Must have been an all-timer. Um, maybe suplex some watermelons, uh, given the NFC special. Um, but congrats to the Vikings. That was awesome. And thank you to Saturday Football, because there's the uh, Baltimore Cleveland's at halftime right now. It's 6-3. to three. So, you know, this was an all-time special treat. Like, if the Vikings hadn't, like, if it had... Vikings had lost 39 to 36. It would have been kind of a huge bummer. It's just been like, oh, fuck. What the hell was the point of that? But they end up getting the win. That was awesome. That was huge. Yeah. So I, I did look it up while we were talking about it. Um, only four teams have been eliminated from the playoffs at this point with still three or four weeks remaining. Yeah. So you've got the Broncos, the Texans, the Cardinals, and the sorry, Bears, right? Broncos, Texans, Cardinals, and Bears are the only teams eliminated. Colts still alive with a 0.3% chance. I have a better chance than the Rams and the Steelers. Let's go. To this. 
There are what um, like there there are like 15, 16 teams that are eliminated. Like not technically, but like they would need to win yeah, out, and then yeah, you need like nine like, teams to yeah, lose out. Raiders, Browns, Saints, Steelers, Rams. You could probably get rid of all those teams. Falcons, maybe even at this point. Packers, probably. Mm. Um, but also two teams that have clinched playoffs. You got the Vikings and you got the 49ers. Well, clinched and uh, Eagles have clinched. Eagles, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that was that was for the division too. That's crazy. Yeah. They Good for the Vikings, dude. All right. So Good for the Vikings. You want to talk about the Cardinals situation at all? Ooh, we'll come back to that. I would love to talk about that because I actually have to yeah. ask you about it. Um, Let me scroll. Uh, so we're going to pivot real quick, and then we'll come back to the NFL. But Dylan Riola has decommitted from Ohio State. The Arizona quarterback is the number one overall recruit in the class of 2024. So obviously, we are Nebraska fans. We do talk about Nebraska football. If you're just tuning, tuning in to hear about the NFL, we apologize. We'll pivot back, and then some of you vice versa. Um, but Dylan Riola, obviously, son. Is he? Is his dad Donovan, or is his dad... Uh, I get his dad uh, confused with the uh, coach. Which one's the coach? Which one's the dad? His, uh, his dad's Dominic Riola. He played for the Huskers around the turn of the century. Yep. His uh, name is up on the Remington stadium. Trophy winner. Yep. 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 He's a, he's a Remington trophy trophy winner. He's a really good center. Um, and then he played for the, I think it was just the lions for probably at least a dozen years. He was in the NFL for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Dylan is his, his son, uh, plays for Chandler, Arizona. It's a very good team, very good program in, uh, well, obviously in Arizona. But he is the number one recruit of the 2024 class. So wrapping up his junior season this year, um, won't be able to sign until next year. Uh, but yeah, the, the number one recruit in the class on all services at this point. Yeah, perfect rating, right? Uh, 1.00000. Is there, do they still do six stars? Can you still be a six star or is that? No, whoever did that. I think there is a way to be a six. It's like, but there's only been like three or four of them ever. Huh. It was like Vince Young and like two other people. So I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Um, but obviously <laughs> Dylan Royal has been to Nebraska a lot and we don't generally talk about recruiting, but obviously it's the number one prospect. So it's a little different. Um, but Parker Thune of the Oklahoma Insider has today uh, dropped his prediction for Dylan Royal to go back to or to go to Nebraska. Now, Dylan Royal has been back to Nebraska since committing to the Ohio State. Um, but I believe Ohio State took another quarterback in that class, which they said they weren't going to. Um, from what so they we. Took a, they took a quarterback in this class. Uh-huh. So. There were some rumblings about Riola decommitting from about a week ago, right? It officially announced two weeks ago that uh, Donovan Riola, his uncle, um, his brother's brother, uh, being retained by Matt Rule as the offensive line coach. Um, somewhat surprisingly, I think, to a lot of Husker fans. Um, and then people had speculated maybe that there was some um, little chance that Riola, that Dylan Riola, sorry, we're going to be saying a lot of different Riola names. Yeah, but, um, I have them all pulled up just to keep them square. Yeah, that you know maybe this is somewhat involved with the recruitment of Dylan Riola. Maybe there was still a chance. 
Dylan removes he, – so he takes an, an unofficial visit to Nebraska. He removes Ohio State commit from his Twitter bio, removes his commitment video from his Twitter bio. Ohio State, which had told uh, Dylan that they were not going to take a recruit in the 2023 class, and essentially he would come in without anybody in front of him. Well, obviously you'd have whoever the current starter was, but nobody in the class in front of him. So um, – he would, but they, so then they, it, they come out and they take, they do offer and the guy commits uh, a four-star quarterback from the state of South Dakota. Wow. And then, so that's when, but everyone, that, that was two days ago, everyone. So then, you know, it was, everyone was on high alert. Sorry, I've got COVID brain. Everything's yeah. foggy. The, the system, the system is not firing on all cylinders here, people. Uh, it's got long COVID. Oh, please forgive me, but um, he, then what a warrior. So for the past like 48 hours, people have been like, you know, when is this going to happen? It's pretty clear he's going to decommit. When is this going to happen? And then all of a sudden, Matt Rule starts tweeting out some very cryptic tweets. One of literally which, like hashtag U-turn uh, tweets out a gift that uh, ends up only being one picture. Yeah, it's <laughs> just a picture. It's and supposed to be um, a gift. Uh, and then also the Undertaker gif of him uh, being dead and then not being dead. Yeah, whichever Dude. version of that. Yeah, yep. coming from the you know the head coach. We've ever seen a head coach. Yeah, this is like Lane Kiffin stuff. This is awesome. Right, I love it. I I do actually really love it. Yeah, um, I think Matt Rule's been great so far. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I think everything has to be pointing towards Nebraska right now. From what I've been hearing, what I've been reading, he's going to totally reopen his recruitment. But Nebraska's got to be at the front of the line. Yeah, and that's. You know, this would by far be the highest rated Nebraska. I mean, we talked about this before. He's the highest rated commit you could possibly be. Like, he can't be rated any right. higher. He's like a one point oh 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 oh. But like, this would be the biggest, um, yeah, biggest commit, biggest rating of a player to ever to Nebraska at the biggest position. Um, as you said, would be like a program changing kind of. Uh, Spot yeah, and he's like physically almost ready made, right? He's six foot three, two twenty five. He's young too. He's he, young. He, he's a, he runs a four five. Jesus, he could possibly be two hundred and forty five pounds. You know, by the time he leaves college, but he could be he could be two thirty five by the time he steps on campus. He's two twenty now, and he doesn't play till twenty twenty four. He doesn't graduate yeah. till twenty twenty four, and he throws right. dimes. Yeah, one more year of high school football left. <laughs> Hey Dylan, and come to Nebraska, yeah, dude. This is he he's ready made. I think he would step on campus and be the day one starter. I think that's so you're kind of seeing that now at a lot of big programs. Like I think you saw that with yours. I mean, he didn't decom he didn't change yeah. his commitment, he transferred. But like you're seeing guys at yeah, these programs yeah, that get a crazy to. amount of quarterbacks where they go to a place and there's already like a Heisman candidate there. It's like, well, they're not going to bench him. Got to transfer out. Um, I do yeah, wonder. So I sh- what are they going to do with? What are they going to do with yours and Arch Manning? I so Arch Manning is going to show up in December. So they're both going to be perfect. They're both going to be like perfect rankings, right? Like they both have right. the rankings, but yep. Arch Manning is a Manning. Like he's there's going to be so much pressure for him to start. Like it might as well be. Does Quinn Ewers get kicked get kicked to the curb again? Probably. How well he played this year? Probably. I mean, he's a Manning. That's crazy. 
He's a Manning. That's crazy. How, man, almost unbelievable that you could be unwanted. You're you're the number one quarterback, and you're all and you've played well. It's not like a yeah. Ben Hart played through injury too. You out for the job. Yeah. Yeah. Playing through injury. And you just get kicked to the curb from two different universities. Incredible. Although they do say the transfer portal, going into the transfer portal is a really good way to make money. So good for him. I'm pretty sure he made a couple, like seven figures from both those universities so far. And he's not even 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll find a place nicely. Um, and we've talked about this before, but like these, like Riola, Ewers, like these guys have to be thinking about USC. Like the with what? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really good with point. what Lincoln Riley has done, like just Heisman factory is Lincoln Riley. Like he's giving, yep. like you're you're almost guaranteed if you're good and you work hard and he wants you, like you're going to win a Heisman trophy. Like it's pretty hard. Like, I don't know if yeah, anyone's had a more compelling argument. Overall draft pick. Yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. Three Heisman winners, probably more importantly to these guys, three, three number one overall draft picks. Caleb Williams isn't there yet, but he's probably, I mean, he, he's not eligible for the draft, but he would be the number one pick this year and he's going to be the number one pick next year. Yeah. Okay. Where are you going, Joe? That was nice. I just want to go see your handsome face a little bit closer. All right, let's pivot back to the NFL, shall we? Uh, let's talk yeah. about another uh, young quarterback. Let's talk about Brock Purdy. So Thursday Night Football, Brock Purdy yeah. comes out again. So the 49ers were, one, I believe, 1-8 and eight in their last nine in Seattle. They come out and they, it's, it's so the score ended up being 21 to 13 it was one score game, but that was, I mean, an absolute ass kicking by the Niners. It never felt like the Seahawks were particularly close at all. Brock Purdy did exactly what Shanahan wants a quarterback to do, did what he wanted him to look like. George Kittle had a, one of his, probably his best game of the season, two tuds, 93 yards. Christian McCaffrey's an absolute workhorse, completely changes that team, especially with the injuries they have had. Um, the Niners look incredibly dangerous. People are calling them the hottest team in the National Football League, uh, and it's easy to see why. Seattle Seahawks struggling a bit. Niners win the division. Um, Scott, did you expect Brock Purdy to be the greatest quarterback of all time, or not? Okay, he's not. He's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, he's played really well. He's played within the system. Um, it's not uncommon for backups for the 49ers to come in and play really well. And I think that just shows how good of a coach for backup quarterbacks that Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, is. Um, I don't know if you remember, I think it was like Nick Mullen came in. Nick Mullins, yeah. Won, like brought them into playoff contention. Uh, and he was Sh- their third stringer a couple years ago. Shanahan uh, said. CG, obviously not even having training camp this year. They didn't even give him a playbook. <laughs> and he comes in in week two and they, you know, they've won. What is it? Eight of their last ten, nine of their last eleven, something like that. Yeah, they're on fire. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it really doesn't matter what what quarterback you put in front of Kyle Shanahan; he's going to do really well with it. Um, but we still just haven't seen. I mean, maybe Brock. Purdy, I don't think it. Like, is Brock Purdy the guy? Is Brock Purdy franchise quarterback, or is this is this just the Forty ers machine? is so good around him and he just knows exactly who he is and they make life so easy for him. Could be. He could be. I mean, Jimmy G has been the guy. I think a lot kind of depends on your definition of franchise quarterback. I think some people think of that as like, this guy has to be an absolute animal. And then other people, it's just like, 
a guy like what Jimmy G has been for the Niners, where it's like consistent, yeah. able to do what is needed by the system. A franchise quarterback would be someone you would give a contract and a contract extension to. I mean, like Brock Purdy can. Jesus Christ. Brock Purdy can, but it's like maybe Trey Lance can. It's just, it feels like there is no quarterback that can be, it can't be a franchise quarterback for the Niners. Like every single quarterback that gets put in right. plays well. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen Trey Lance play well because we've barely seen him. We haven't seen him play really at all. Right. Like, again, we talk about this every time, but it's like we haven't seen nothing. three football games since 2020. Mm hmm. But to add on to all of this, like, mystique around Purdy, he, that, I guess that oblique injury was a lot more serious than people thought. He didn't throw a pass until Thursday in a walkthrough in their hotel that whole week. He didn't throw a pass until, like, in, until he was in, like, a hotel ballroom. That sounds like a, that sounds like an awful injury. I've never injured, uh, our friend Jacob has, has torn his oblique before playing tennis and he, he like couldn't move at all. Like had to like turn his entire body to even like look at people. Yeah. That's like for a quarterback, like everything that you do is rotational. That's gotta be brutal. That's gotta hurt so bad. And then like, think back to that play he had where he does the double pump fake, pump fake to this side, turn around, pump fake to that side. Throw it down to a wide open yeah. George Kittle. That is just all twisting. That is all in your oblique. Yeah. yeah. So I think I saw he's the first quarterback since Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I think it's him and Aaron Rodgers are the two quarterbacks that have a QBR of over 115 in their first two starts. Yeah. So the two most efficient first two starts in the history of the NFL. I mean, it, it, like, it, it, what's incredible is like how many reps is this guy getting? Not like it couldn't have been that none. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't get any reps this past week on a short week, and then it's just right. and this this is gonna sound dumb. It's almost like and not dumb, like you wouldn't actually do this, but you kind of just like would almost want to like sit him the rest of the regular season because it's like he's played the perfect amount of football. Like you don't want to give more film because you like there's still not a lot of film, so it's like you want to put him in like a cryo chamber as he is right now. So for the playoffs where you're at is like you're not going to get the one seed you've already clinched the playoffs just sit everybody for the next three weeks almost like things are like so perfect right now that it's like god damn do we want more film on this Brock Purdy guy to be out there in the playoffs because like you know at some point how much how much do you value home field advantage because you still got um you still got the Vikings story about for home field. Like, would you, you know, you'd rather play the Vikings at home, obviously. Can't get the one um, seed. Can't get the one seed. Philly's pretty much locked that up, I believe. I think Cowboys are the only one that could steal it from them at this point. Uh, the 49ers. I think they, uh, well, they can, but it's like they have to win out. Eagles have to lose out or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not seriously yeah, suggesting. I mean, if you look in front of them, they've got Washington, Las Vegas, and Arizona. So three, like, the odds of them going three and out very high. Um, yeah, the Eagles would only have to finish one and three. Sorry, I have to sneeze. One sec. Go for it, big dog. I mean, with the 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 fact that the Niners are like being seen as a Super Bowl like favorite for a lot of people now, after losing two starting quarterbacks, is insane. Now, I do think that there may be a time where Brock Purdy doesn't play super well. 
Um, he's got that as teams get more film on him, he, they're going to run into a little bit of trouble uh, with Mr. Horsecock Brock. Um, but man, Christian having Christian McCaffrey there helps a hell of a lot. I mean, they they yeah yeah <laughs> he had twenty six carries and six uh, receptions. Like they put the ball on his, they put the team on his back that game. They were without Debo they Samuel. So many, they have so many versatile athletes and weapons on that team. Mm-hmm. Like Christian McCaffrey, like running back slash slot receiver, receiver Debo Samuel, Z receiver slash you know running back. Yeah, George Kittle, H back, Y receiver, tight end. They have just so many guys that can do everything. You can you can put Trent Williams in motion. Yeah. Trent Williams, Jesus Christ, Trent Williams in motion coming at you. Uh, But what, I mean, what happened to the Seattle Seahawks? Like they're seven and seven now, which is like, if you would have said the Seattle Seahawks are going to be seven and seven, I think most people would have been before the season, they would have been shocked, but the Seattle, they were six and three. They were six and three. Just lost the Niners, which no, I can't blame them too much. Great team. Now they have to go play at Arrowhead stadium. Um, That one's going to be tough. But they've lost four of their last five, uh, only beating the Rams. Lost the Bucs, who stink. Raiders, who stink. Panthers, who stink. And then the Niners. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is, like, not a good roster. And they're quarterbacked by Geno Smith. And I think they have a really good coach. I think Pete Carroll is a really good coach. Dude. But they've just run out of steam. So that's what it is. They just run I mean, Geno's still, still playing well. It's just, you know, this league. Uh, they also can't run the ball at all. Their whole line stinks. <laughs> they, 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 just do, they, they can't run the ball. They haven't had a underguard rusher in over a month. Oh, good pull. I mean, Kenneth Walker's been great as a rookie, but he's still... I mean, is he, right. is he their second or third string running back? Either way, they've dealt with injuries. They still have some he's dogs their, on defense. I mean, he's, their, he's their first string running back going forward. He's a feature back now. Um and I'm, I'm saying that totally impartially, not because I have him in three different fantasy leagues. Nope. Um, <laughs> Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker's been really, really good, and I think that was what they wanted him to be. Uh, Penny went down. Uh, what did he, like, break his foot or something? Yeah, something like that. Some, some injury you I also had. Remember, but he, um, they use him a lot uh, in the passing game. Part of the reason why um, I do think PPR is a little bit of, like, uh, bullshit PPR like, like, fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Cause at one point last night, I was watching at halftime and Kenneth Walker had like five points and one yard total. Cause he had, he had caught, he had like five receptions for one yard. Well, some fantasy leagues have like points per rush attempt and points per target, stuff like that. If you're going to do PPR, then you have to do PP points per rush. I do. Th- I think that's fair. Cause otherwise it's like, dungeon, you know, you're getting into real like Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Cause that's not, that's not like real football production. Dude. I saw a trailer for the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. It actually looks sweet. I saw Avatar two last night. They're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah. Actually looks kind of sweet. It's got Chris Pine in it, but I did see Avatar two last night. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's in every movie now. I'm kind of over Chris Pratt a little bit. Oh, he's dude. A good dude but he's a Schwarzenegger now. He's Mario. Yeah, it's sweet. You couldn't have found someone else to do Mario, the voice. Why didn't he Chris Pratt to do Mario? I feel like he's like this like insane voice actor. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's Mario. Who cares? Mario's Mario. Like, Mario just kind of like, he's like, makes Mario noises. I don't know. 
Yeah. But the Mario noises are at least like in italics, you know? Yeah, that Mario movie looks you sweet. Like you gotta be like a slight, you gotta put a slight, like a little bit of oregano on it. Dude, I'm literally, yeah, a little Italian seasoning blend. <laughs> little Fazoli's blends. I think Fazoli still follows me on Twitter too. So shout out to Fazoli's. Also shout out to Runza for the Italian uh the Italian runs are gonna have to get down oh, there and try that. Get yeah, we gotta should we go get one? Yeah, that should be the first thing you do when you get your taste buds back from COVID is go get an Italian runza. Go get an Italian runza. You're gonna feel like you're you back in Sicily, in dude. Grade, when I was in seventh grade, I won like three months of pre runza mm -hmm. because I added um, I won a competition to add a different flavor of runza. So you can get like a bacon cheeseburger runza now, and that was my winning contribution on a Facebook uh, competition. Sounds so good, dude. Nice bacon. What I was it called? A cheeseburger? It, a bacon cheeseburger runza. For people who don't know it's what really we're talking good. about. It's really good. It's got like pickles on it. Yeah. Yeah. For people who don't know what we're talking about, it's a Nebraska thing. It's basically just like a hot pocket, but way better with freshly uh, crafted bread. Uh, nicely. It's got a lot of cabbage and stuff. Doesn't necessarily sound great. Tastes unbelievable. All right. Uh, let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about NFL football, Scott. Come on. Um, so the MVP race, the MVP race, uh, seems like it's down to two now, at least when you look at the odds. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts is like about a minus 150-ish favorite. Patrick Mahomes, about a plus 200-something. Um, so Jalen's overtaken Patrick Jalen overtook Mahomes last week. Um, but it is Hurts versus Mahomes. The next highest odds is like Burrow at like plus 800. And then there's like a drop to like Josh Allen at like plus 1500 or whatever. Like it's a pretty big drop off after those two. Um, it's going to come down to the wire. Uh, Eagles have the yeah. Bears this week. Chiefs have the Texans. Both games, uh, Eagles and Chiefs should win. Um, I think the Eagles versus the Bears could be a little bit of a trap game just because, you know, Bears get a couple bounces. Um, uh, I think the Bears are, like, in tank mode at this point. Oh, I mean, they're terrible. But, like, yeah, Justin Fields can do enough stuff with his legs that, like, you could be in danger of losing. Whereas the Chiefs are playing the Texans, and the Texans are out, like, seven starters coming off a horrible loss. Or a really tough loss to the Cowboys where they almost beat them. Just lost in the final minute or so. Yeah. Um, I am very biased. I am a Chiefs fan. I'm a huge Mahomes fan. Um, and I think we have similar opinions. I think we actually have probably the same opinion everyone not a Philadelphia Eagles fan has of Jalen Hurts, that he's playing incredibly well, but he's also got... And also, like, that is just what how an MVP works, is you have a great team around you. Um, if you had yeah. to pick... Who do you think is going to be the most the MVP of this season, Scott? I think it's crazy. I, I really do. We're talking... Okay, so uh, to, to answer your question first, I think it, it's going to be Jalen Hurt. Um, you know, if they finish, they're going to finish 15-2. and two. Uh, The quarterback of that team is going to win the MVP. Plus, there's a little bit of, like, fatigue on giving awards to Patrick Mahomes, even though it's been Aaron Rodgers the past two years. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's but Holmes has won one MVP every year, right? He hasn't. He's only he's only won one. That's what I'm saying. One, one, like, right? His first yeah. year starting. Yeah. Yeah. 
time. I mean, I think it probably should be Mahomes. I think number two should probably. I, I mean, you're going to hate this. You know who I think the MVP should be? Um, Hill, Tyreek, or Kelsey. Maybe Tyreek. No, but I think it should be Justin Herbert. What? I think you're going to see. They're going to finish with 11 wins. They're going to finish with 11 wins for a roster that has been decimated by injury. And he has been the entire reason that they've been successful. What about Eckler? What about Eckler? What about Eckler? That's a bad take. That's a very bad take, Scott. (laughs) I mean, I I, I told you, I knew you were going to hate it. I knew you were going to hate it. I'd be willing to defend it. With with film and stats, I don't think that's going to be very interesting for people to listen to. Wow! But I think he, he they, they, you know, their roster. How often have they even had either of their top two receivers healthy? Like half of the games. No, less than that. Less than that, right? And they've still, and we've seen how like how much receivers make quarterbacks. Right? Tua was like not even a starter, and then he gets Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. And then all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate <laughs> ahead of Tyreek Hill, which I've said that, you know, gone on rants about that twice in the last three weeks. But, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, you take Justin Jefferson off the Vikings, how good is Carson or Kirk Cousins? This kind of going off the rails. Say this for? I mean, the Chargers are seven and six. Like, it's not like, I don't know if Justin Herbert's been playing out of his, it's not like he's been playing out of his mind. Like he's had like modest numbers. I think, I think he has. I think he's been playing with a decimated O line. Neither of his top two receivers. Um, so you think I a think guy with finish. on an injured team playing pretty well should be the the MVP? I think he's been playing better than pretty well, and I think they're going to finish. Okay, that's fair. But you said he's going to be the MVP. I think he is the MVP. How? He's going to get the MVP. How would he be the most I valuable he, player in the league? Because I think if you took him off their team and just put him it, like Nate, like who's who's like replacement level quarterback, like Baker Mayfield. Like if you put Baker Mayfield on the Chargers right now, they have zero wins. I think they have a couple. What happens if you put Baker Mayfield on the Chiefs? I think they I have think zero they have wins. Nine wins. What? I think I think if you put Baker Mayfield on the Chiefs, they're a playoff team. Okay. This is you're you're a guy who said. If you put Baker on the Eagles, they're a playoff team. Well, that's true. I think without, I mean, I watch the Chiefs play every week. I think without Mahomes, that team has like three wins. That team on defense is terrible. Their special teams have been horrendous. And also, like coming into the season, the Chiefs were going like had horrible off. Like, oh, they have no weapons, no weapons. And then Mahomes is playing at MVP level, and then it's like, oh well, he's got Juju. Juju's awesome. Like no one was saying that before the season. Like Mahomes is play, like true, but we've we've seen what Andy Reid has done with like worst rosters and worst quarterbacks. Like Matt Castle was a worse quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Was Matt? I don't think Matt Castle was with Andy Reid. I think that was pre-Reid. That was pre-Reid. So it was yeah. just Alex Smith. So no, the way Alex the way Smith this roster better. is crafted. I mean, Alex Smith is pretty good. Yeah, I think the way that this yeah. roster is structured, the way that I have seen this team play, I don't have a lot of faith in another quarterback winning more than like one or two games with the chiefs this year. But I think there's also elements of Patrick Mahomes game where, you know, you take the good, the great, like you take the, the exceptional with some of the stuff that's bad. Right. So 
the way I mean, this is anyone scramble into sacks pretty often the way that he throws across his body and makes these incredible throws also leads to like three interceptions to, to linebackers. Yeah. He doesn't really and scramble into like sacks. He's like one of the most pressured yeah. quarterbacks in the league and he's one of the least sacked. I suppose he, he scrambles into I, true, but his, his left and right tackles have given up the most pressures almost every year. And it's not like these are like exceptionally bad tackles either. Mm. Well, no. Nah. They do spend a lot of resources on, you know, the exterior of their offensive line every year. Yeah, they do. Um, um, he does, you know, like every three weeks, he'll have like a three interception game and they'll be down by 20 and then they come back and win. Is how many times? No, I think he's done that once. Okay. It, you're, you may be right. You may be right. It seems to happen a little more in my memory, but... I think I think Pat, I think it's up like I think Patrick Mahomes should be the MVP. Is the MVP? Mahomes right? has had more than one interception this year twice. One wow. game with two, one that game with three. Pretty incredible. That's yeah. incredible, actually. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty good, dude. Uh, I think I think Herbert's up there. I think Herbert doesn't get enough respect. No, I think I think that's true. I think he doesn't get enough respect either. Um, and I think he's you know. I think people are trashing him too much. And I agree with those points you make about him being better than people give him credit for. I'm definitely not going to say he's the most valuable player in the league. Here's the thing. I do think Jalen Hurts is a very, very good case of being MVP. It's going to be very annoying if he gets it because we all know Patrick Mahomes is a way better quarterback and he's playing better. He's a top 10 quarterback. Hurts? Yeah, if you put Hurts on the Chargers, how many wins do the Chargers have? Oh. Well, the Chargers are kind of a weird animal to talk about wins because they just they find a way to lose, man. Like they are ugly to watch. And I know you and I know you're saying they're gonna win out their last four or whatever. And they might, they could, but like how many times have we done this? Like how many times have we been around the last few years? It's like Chargers gonna be really good, gonna be really good. They're gonna do it, they're gonna win this game, it's gonna win this game, and it just doesn't happen. They just find a way to shit out. Like every and they might um, not, but like I think last year was the only year for this. I think this like the last two years were the only years with like major expectations, at least with like because it is different in terms of like you have a new quarterback, you have a new coach, you have a lot of new weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Before it was like Philip Rivers. Um, it, it it is different elements, and so yeah, last year was sort of like a disappointing, stereotypical end to the Chargers season, like. Nine and eight, missing a play, like being the last team out of the playoffs, seems to be how the Chargers go every year. Actually, there was that year when they made the playoffs in the wild card round, and everyone thought they were going to beat the Patriots, and then it was like forty-five to seven. Was that when was that? Twenty eighteen. Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking the regular season game a year or two ago when the Chargers murdered, or the Patriots murdered the Chargers. When like people thought the Chargers were going to make the playoffs, it was like forty-five to nothing. They only had one offensive touchdown. It was all like... That's when that's like the Patriots weren't... It wasn't like the Patriots' greatest season either. And they just the murdered worst, them. Literally the worst season. But back to what I was saying, like, the frustrating thing is, like, you put... Like, if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Eagles right now, like, you would have oh maybe God. the greatest... Like, very possibly the greatest team of all time. Now, is Nick Sirianni yeah, going yeah, to... You would. Yeah. But, like, you put Jalen Hurts on the, the Chiefs, like, they'll probably win a couple games, but, like... That's what's frustrating is like we all know who the better quarterback would be like a borderline playoff team. I don't know. I really, I, 
I hope so. I hope Nine so. Ten wins total. It is. It is fun for the league that with four weeks left, there's two guys who are the favorite. That's kind of the way to do it. Where it's like everyone's gonna be watching both of them this week. Um, Chiefs are playing the Texans, who have like seven. They have no. Um, what's the running back's name? Damn it, Pierce. Damian Pierce. He's out. Pierce. He's on IR. He's in for the season. He's been great. No Derek Cooks. Stingley. No Cooks. Um, no Nico Collins. They've got I think two other starters out, coming off a tough loss. Also, Mahomes has his like only like. His bad stretch. He had like four bad games last year, or like a stretch of bad yeah. games. Until that point, he like literally had never had a bad game until the Super Bowl, uh, which like right. you could argue it wasn't even a bad game by him. Like statistically, it was terrible. He was concussed. He was probably a little concussed. He got that dog in him. <laughs> but it's like he had he had a kid, and then he actually had like a stretch of bad games after that. He just had a kid, then he threw three interceptions. Um, but also, like, even when he yeah. does, if he does throw three interceptions, he throws three touchdowns, 300, he has, like, 400 total yards, whatever. Um, I don't know. It's exciting. It'll, it'll be really exciting. Uh, no matter who wins, it's going to come down to the wire. How are you feeling, Scott? You still doing okay? Um, fading a little bit. COVID brain's definitely sticking in. COVID brain's stepping what in. What are we talking about next? Well, we'll just do one more. We'll talk about the Cowboys. We were we had a pretty good amount of viewers, and then our little uh, our rant on uh, Runza kind of <laughs> submarined us a little bit. It was worth it. Um, all right, so the Dallas Cowboys. I want to get your take on the game last week against the Texans that they barely survived. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys against the Houston Texans, who stink. We all know they're terrible, right? Barely yeah. survive. Cowboys make it out of there. Leave home. Leave home, stay at home with a victory. Um, and it, in a game that I actually, I feel like one of those games is actually really good for the Cowboys to be able to get, you know, in a tough position, come out with a victory. I think it was good to see from Dak, who didn't have his greatest game, but he's able to, you know, lead a game-winning drive at the end of the game. I think overall it's probably a good thing for the Cowboys to have a game like that, that they win. If they lost it, it'd be a lot different, but they're able to get that win. Now they have to fight... The Jaguars, who have been kind of a different team. Um, Jerry yeah. Jones has said that they are ahead, planning sorry. on signing Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Just signed T.Y. Hilton, so they're looking for resources. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's 35 years old. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Wow. But the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of look like a really good team now. This is going to be a good test for the Cowboys, I think. A really good team or like a, a decent team? Uh, the Jaguars, dangerous team. We'll say that. Yeah, let's say that. A dangerous team. That's a fair. That's fair. Boom. They're a dangerous team. And they, the Jaguars uh, can win their division. They're two games behind a Titans team that looks yeah. has not looked very good lately. They can win the division. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, let's see. What's what's their remaining schedule? They've got Jacksonville, Philly, Tennessee, Washington. So you know, pretty good stretch of games left. Um, I think last week was just one of those cases where, like, this is the NFL. There's not that many teams. Um, everybody's, get, like, pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. And Lovey Smith is a professional coach. So, well, if you sleep on teams, they're going to – Fired by Illinois. Know, it's not going to be good. So, I think they're they're too good to lose the Texans, but I think that's about as bad as they could have Yeah, I mean, that's I, – I genuinely feel bad for the Texans players. They must have been so excited. 
but Cowboys are yeah. only a four point favorite favorite against Jacksonville. Uh, ESPN's yeah. matchup predictor bullshit, whatever, gives them a 66, 76% chance to win. Excuse me. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence has been coming along a lot. And I think somebody that was kind of counted out and maybe that's cause he looks like uh, Jar Jar Binks a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not going to yeah. hold it against him, but he's a great. I think Doug Peterson's a really good quarterbacks coach. Um, he's just a good coach in general. So it's solid. They'll definitely have a. They'll be one of those teams that have a lot of hype next year. Um, yeah, we'll see who they draft. We'll see who they sign. They'll, they have a lot of cap space, so they're definitely pointing up for Jacksonville. I think it's fun. It's always fun to see these teams. Ever since Jackson DeVille shaved himself and showed up in a thong in the end zone, this has been a different offense. But Trevor Lawrence right now is 66% completion percentage, 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. This is a solid year. And I think that we kind of agree that we're treating this as his rookie year. Like this is his first year, basically. Um, Considering the way that that went last year uh, with Mr. Urban Meyer. But he's AFC Offensive Player of the Week or whatever, if you care about that. 368 yards, three touchdowns, and a whoop and a beating uh, of Tennessee, which would have like clinched the division for Tennessee. Uh, now can, right. you know, and, and, and everyone gets up for the Cowboys, right? Like, even if the Cowboys aren't good, you can go into Jerry World and start beating some ass. Yeah. Because it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be one of the most watched games of the week, no matter what. Um, I do think uh, Mike McCarthy, I'll say this, he's too fat to not have a mustache. That's sort of what I've come around to. You were very obsessed with not the fact that he's fat, but like the specific type of fat he is. He's like a good old, like classic, like stocky fat. Yeah, and he can grow a good beard. Uh, I think the beard, I think too much like Santa Claus vibes if he grows the beard. I think he needs a mustache. What do I gain to read? Oh, a nice walrus mustache. Be like large and clean shaven, then you just look st- stupid. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't think he is that, you know. I don't think he's like exceptionally smart. I think he's a good coach. He's proven that. He's coached teams that have won a lot of games. I think mm-hmm. he's a mustache. Won a Super Bowl. He's a, he'd look like a very distinguished gentleman if he had a mustache. But yeah. As many Super Bowls as Andy Reid. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? All right. Um, thanks for coming, Scott. Thank you for fighting through adversity through your COVID. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna wrap things up, but go ahead and click back in the video. It's live, so you can just click back uh, if you want to watch us talk about the Vikings or anything else we talked about. But we'll be clipping it, putting stuff up. Uh, go ahead and give us a like, give us a subscribe. We appreciate the hell out of you. Um, but have a great weekend. It's a great weekend for sports. Looks like the Ravens are choking big time, but we'll see. Um, but we appreciate the hell out of you. We keep it up with that at all. Nope. Uh, have the greatest weekend of your life. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.